Well, your Thursday 10 a.m. looking good, but still feeling cold. 29 degrees with a wind chill, guys. Still at around 22 degrees right now. So pretty, but cold. Yeah, looks good from inside. No <laughs> doubt about that. Lauren's back here, and we have a lot to talk about today. A lot of big discussions ahead, including one with Mayor Adams. He's going to be here live as we talk to him about this new lawsuit. He is suing the big social media companies. He says these companies are not doing their part to combat the mental health problems that they are creating, he says, to kids and the young people. So what is he asking these companies to do? Good question. We're going to ask him that and much more coming up. Yeah, but first, we do have some breaking news in Nassau County. You can see that school bus there. Seven kids and a bus driver involved in a school bus crash. This is in Millneck. Newscopter 7 over the scene. There are injuries, we understand, but fortunately they are all minor. The students are from Millneck Manor School for the deaf, and right now it is unclear what caused the accident. Uh, scary moments there. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, Sam, we see some of that snow that remains on the ground. And we could be adding to that in the next week. We've got two rounds of snow coming. Um, one a little, both of them light, by the way, one okay. from the north, one from the south. The one thing I will say about what you just saw with a bus off the road there, there are some slick spots mm -hmm. on roads. Remember, because we're down below the freezing mark in so much of our area. So anything that got wet or slushy is refreezing and going to be icy for a while here. So we're 30 degrees outside. It's sunny. And as we mentioned, our wind chill is right around 30 now, but uh, in some parts of the five boroughs, it's around 22 degrees, 29 in Poughkeepsie. Take a look at the clouds that are back off to the west right there. That's all connected to our fast moving, and that's one of the reasons why we call it a clipper snowmaker that's going to move through northern areas and deliver a little light snow. So let's go through the day here. How does this happen? Because we're getting that light snow and maybe even a sprinkler shower tonight. Over the next couple of hours, it looks good. We've got a lot of sunshine. By about three o'clock, you're going to look up and say, hey, it got cloudy and then we start to watch by about five, six, seven o'clock. The first few flurries in northern areas. Most of us will see some flurry or sprinkle in the overnight. And here's what happens with this first round. This is tonight into tomorrow morning and we're expecting a coating in some spots just north of the five boroughs. Most of the five boroughs will see a sprinkle. You may get a little flurry mixed into it, but it doesn't really stick. Northern areas, including our far northernmost counties, can see one to three where we've got that higher elevation there. And remember, you could see a coating to an inch. Just want to give you a quick round of this. Our rain snow mix for Thursday is mostly north. Friday is a dry day for us. Saturday is a morning snow a little bit more south. So tonight's stuff is a little bit more north and we will give you the full round in big weather. Okay, so if you're jealous about the people up north getting the snow, <laughs> just wait two days because you will get it in the south. Yeah. All right, we have some other news to tell you about right now. One person killed and at least 21 others wounded in a shooting following the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade Shocking. and rally. 11 of the victims are children. The woman killed is Lisa Lopez Galvin. She's a DJ for a local Kansas City radio station, and we know that multiple people were taken into custody, but a motive remains unclear. We will take you there for a live report uh, coming up at 1030. Yeah, just so sad. We've also learned today that the first of four criminals in those tri criminal trials involving four Former President Trump will begin on March 25th. Mr. Trump back in court right now in Lower Manhattan for the pretrial hearing in the criminal case involving hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. Eyewitness News reporter Phil Tate at the courthouse. He'll have a live report on what is happening inside the courthouse still ahead. And we are also following breaking news in the Mount Hope section of the Bronx. One person killed in a fire and others left homeless. The FDNY expected to update us on the situation there 
at any moment. Eyewitness News reporter Regan Meji is live at the scene with what we know there. Regan. Good morning, Regan. Yeah, what we do know right now is that there is one person who has died in the fire, another in critical condition, and also a third person, a firefighter with minor injuries. Now, the fire took place right behind me. You can see that red building. There's water dripping down. It's in it's destroyed. The home is gutted. And right now, fire marshals are on scene trying to figure out where it started, when it started, and how it started. Now, there is a press conference coming up soon. Um, but what we do know at this point is fire officials say that a 911 call came in around 6:10 this morning. A fire was going on the third floor of this home at 239 East 176th Street in the Mount Hope section of the Bronx. Firefighters battled the blaze for more than an hour amid cluttered conditions inside the home. Now, as I said before, a 50 year old woman was pulled from the burning home and is in critical condition at St. Barnabas Hospital. And there is also an unidentified man in his 30s or 40s. He was unfortunately found dead inside. Now, the American Red Cross has been on scene and they tell us they are assisting four people who also lived inside the home. They also also tell me that there were about three or four apartments within that that dwelling. And right now we'll come back live. You can see that that house that started at around six o'clock this morning in flames is gutted. It is destroyed and fire marshals are on the scene right now trying to determine exactly where in the home. Although the fire may have seemed to start on the third floor, the fire marshals are here trying to figure out if that is the case and also how it started. Now there is a press conference that's expected to start very shortly behind me with fire officials to explain a little bit more about this deadly fire and the Mount Hope section of the Bronx. That's where we're live. Reagan Meji, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. Reagan, thank you. Some other news we're following this morning. A suspect in that Times Square beating of the officers last month expected in court today. Yesterday, a 17-year-old was arraigned for the assault, while a 19-year-old previously arrested in the case was in court on separate robbery charges. Several suspects in this case expected to be in court tomorrow for yet another hearing. Police are releasing new images overnight of a man wanted in a stabbing in Manhattan's West Village yesterday afternoon. Police say the suspect was urinating on a building on Downing Street when another man confronted him. The suspect stabbed that man once in the right side and ran off. The victim was taken to the hospital and he is expected to be okay. All right, some news for rideshare drivers in New York. Uh, get ready, because you're getting a bump in pay next month. Now, according to the TLC, the city's 84,000 rideshare drivers are due for a 3.49% raise in their minimum per trip, beginning on March 1st. Now, the raise is part of the city's pay rules for app-based drivers, which requires rates per mile now and minutes, right, to be adjusted based on the consumer price index. Okay, it just means they get more money, we'll probably be paying more money as well. Oh, yes. A yeah, couple we're always doing that. Well, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. That's the theme, right? And so to that point, people are trying to take advantage of the system often because mm -hmm. things are going on and mm -hmm. just maybe that's how they are. A couple of grifter issues to bring up. Two big cases. First up, the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York. Stay with us here because there's a lot to piece together in these. Damon Williams' office arresting a Michigan woman who they say stole hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of designer clothing and accessories from apparel rental companies like Rent the Runway mm -hmm. and then sold that clothing online. And according to the complaint, 42-year-old Brendaline Horn opened hundreds of accounts with three companies, rented pieces worth thousands of dollars, and then refused to return them 
and instead sold them online. Mm. Now she faces decades in prison if she's convicted. It's incredible. I don't even understand why she didn't think she'd be caught. I mean, right. she's opening the accounts. Right, with all the information. I get the idea that you don't return them sometimes and maybe they forgive you, but if you do this over the course of hundreds of items well, yeah. of clothing, Someone's you are going it. to get caught. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Here's another case of a alleged grifter, the Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, busting a man accused of trying to steal the entire, that's right, the entire New Yorker hotel. Mickey Barreto now facing charges. Here is how Bragg's office says it all went down. In June of 2018, Barreto booked a room at the New Yorker for one night. Right. The next day, he requested that the hotel enter into a lease agreement with him for the room. When the hotel refused, he left his belongings inside the room mm -hmm. and left. The hotel then removed his belongings, returned them, and asked him to leave. And that's when Barreto sued the hotel in housing court. And get this, he won. All right, and so believe it or not, the tricky part is, so far the law is kind of with him on this. The crazy part here is up until this point, he really hadn't done anything illegal by the books. But then prosecutors say he created fake property documents and submitted them to the city's finance department, claiming he now owned the entire hotel. He even started demanding rent from hotel tenants. Wow. And finally, the real hotel owner took him to court and, of course, this time won. Beretta was instructed to stop. Obviously, he did not stop, and that's why we are here with this being a talker and a story that really shares a light on how long you can be in a place in New York without paying rent mm. and stay legally, right? And yeah. what your rights because are and what the building's rights the are. The eviction rules right. are very tough for the landlord. Yes. It is hard to evict a non-paying tenant. Wow. Yep. Uh, but he found another loophole on top of that. So uh, complicated and obviously a criminal case now. We'll follow the uh, case closely. Coming up, though, we're going to have a conversation with Mayor Adams, and there's a lot to discuss this morning. His administration just filing a lawsuit against several social media companies. So what does he hope comes from all of this? Also had an emergency meeting on Capitol Hill today to discuss a serious threat to national security. The threat nuclear weapons in space. Promise you're gonna to wanna to stay for this stuff because it is good. And then we'll take a look at this. Creepy or cute? I'm not even gonna tell you what this is, I, but we will in just a minute. I'm I'm going with creepy. <laughs> I, I, I don't you. know. It's, like it's a, an animal study. Like a Tim we'll Burton. Yeah, we celebrated Valentine's Day yesterday, mm -hmm. but today, I know you didn't know this, but it is a holiday in its own right. That is exactly right. It is Singles <laughs> Awareness Day. SAD, sad for short. It's a terrible, <laughs> That's a terrible idea. It is time to turn those frowns upside down, Whoa. party people. What are you doing with a pin? Alone, we deserve lo love too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, okay, so wow. here in New York City, there are more than three million people who are considered single, never married. I actually posted an Instagram poll and it was split right down the middle. 50% hmm. who were single, 50% oh. celebrated Valentine's Day. Oh. And for many of us, that means hitting the dating scene. And Socrates once said, the only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. Consider me very wise when it comes to dating because I know nothing. So in this arena, I needed help. We brought in the professionals. I sat down with a professional matchmaker known on social media as Matchmaker Maria to talk about the dating scene in our area, but also how to keep the spark alive when you finally find your perfect pairing. Oh. Okay, the first question I have right out of the gate. I'm a single woman, I'm, I'm happily single, but I have been curious when someone's job is to make those perfect matches, is there some sort of secret sauce that you look for, a recipe of what makes people truly compatible? 
Uh, absolutely. You know, I think compatibility is centered around certain factors that we tend to find through our friendship group. So when we are participating in modern dating, we have to just kind of keep that in mind that like, okay, is this someone that I could have met through friends? Yes. Okay. Then we might have some core values and some lifestyle similarities for long-term compatibility. Do you think it's even possible though? Like if you do use dating apps or whatever, is it possible to meet someone and have a, a great connection? Uh, absolutely. Totally. Millions of people meet someone wonderful using online dating apps. I'm a big fan of online dating apps if they're used correctly. And that goes for all genders, all orientations. If you're going to do online dating, you need to have recent photos of just you looking to the camera, smiling. So get those photos and fill out those prompts, not in a negative way. Don't tell people to swipe left because they voted somehow mm. or because they don't like a certain type of music. No, no, no. You're going to write your prompts out that tell us more about you. I find, at least for me personally, I have a very social job. So in my off time, the last thing I want to go do is go on a bad date. What would your advice be to someone who is, is single and does eventually want a relationship but doesn't really, it doesn't have fun dating, doesn't enjoy it? How would you help them? If you're not having fun dating, you have to make the dates fun. No one said that all of your dates have to be at a restaurant where you're sitting across from each other, having essentially an interview with a stranger. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. We don't have to have dates like this. There is a place, there is a world where you have better dating experiences. One of the things that I love about my job, my job is teaching people that it's more than love. It's about like, right? No one has ever broken up for lack of love. It's almost exclusively for lack of like. So you have to do things that you like to do. You have to do things that make you likable, right? You want to have a full life so you could share that life with someone and vice versa, right? Oh, that is so true. It's not just about single awareness day, but even those that celebrated Valentine's day, you know, they still have yeah. to put in the work. I, you know, when you're single, I feel like you always think the destination is just to get married and I love or find a partner, a long-term partner. And I love that she kind of flipped it and said, the dating doesn't end just because you found your partner. Of uh, exactly. You right. got to keep it going. And exactly. we had a great conversation. You can actually find the full length conversation. I think it was like 10 to 15 minutes of me just trying to, trying to help myself here. <laughs> uh, you can find that on our website, just kind of about how dating has changed, uh, how to keep the spark alive. Yeah. You can find that at abc7ny.com. I think the only thing we didn't cover was I was too afraid to ask her um, if this in fact was a long con from our producer Tess and just trying to get me to sign up for a matchmaker. <laughs> Scheduling this interview. <laughs> no, I think it was really worthwhile. I'd like to see the whole 10 minutes and anyone who can bring Socrates into dating. <laughs> oh, right. You're very <laughs> That heady. was like score. I love it. That was score. Did you like that little ad lib? <laughs> you are a catch and when you are ready, you will decide you're ready. Oh my gosh, thank you, Lauren. I mean, obviously. There you I go. Know. Well, not obviously, but you know, Matchmaker Maria was great. Uh, Over the past decade, we have seen just how addictive and overwhelming the online world can be, exposing children to content they are not ready for, disrupting the educational process, and seriously damaging their self-esteem and well-being. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and YouTube. As we announced last month in the State of the City Address, we must take action to protect our children from harm online, including the growing dangers presented by social media. That action coming now in the form of a lawsuit, New York City suing social media companies. You just heard it from the mayor there. This is about 
mental health. Social media companies say that they have been making changes to keep young people safe, but what more can be done? And what demands does the city have for those online giants? Joining us now is Mayor Eric Adams. Mayor Adams, are you with us? It's Sam, Lauren, and Mike. How are you, sir? We Good. love it when you come on the show, so thank you. I <laughs> thank think you so much. I think most people will share your concern. And when I hear lawsuit, I think time for talking is done. I want action. So tell me what you want them to do. Uh, thank you, and that's so important. And we want to be clear. It's, it's not about content. It's about conduct. And the conduct of using this new terminology that has been introduced into our lives called algorithms. These are usage on how you pull people into these dark corners on our social media platform, and particularly with our children um, under the age of 14, where their brains are developing, their characters are being developed. Uh, we have witnessed over the years uh, that social media has really been irresponsible in the conduct of approaching our children and pulling them into this dark place. You know, uh, the Senate just had hearings at the end of January on this exact issue, and they have been, they just haven't done anything in terms of crafting a law mm -hmm. to scale or to control the kinds of social media algorithms that you're talking about. So why does it fall to the city of New York to do that? Well, this is the largest municipality in the country that's doing a lawsuit of this coordinated effort. There has been smaller lawsuits uh, over the country, and even the AG has participated uh, in a lawsuit of this, um, of this nature. We know that if we don't leave from the front, being the city of New York, with the largest, one of the largest school systems in our country, and we're seeing the impact of our children and how social media uh, applications and platforms are actually impacting uh, their cognitive ability, their ability to be focused, how it's uh, being used as a tool to display antisocial behaviors, such as uh, riding on top of trains, mm. fights in our schools, all of these things that parents are concerned about mm. and we're concerned about as a city. We'll follow it closely, Mayor. Thank you for that. But while we have you here, we want to ask you about a couple of other issues facing the city, including the migrant crisis. I know you've been vocal about this, calling this a national crisis, which is true when you look at what some of the other cities are dealing with, which we can understand why you classified it as a national crisis. However, New York City remains a sanctuary city. So knowing everything you know right now, dealing with this crisis as the head of this city, should New York City continue to be a sanctuary city? Uh, yes, uh, we should. Uh, this is a city of immigrants, and we have a rich history going back to the time of Mayor Koch uh, on putting in place the first executive order dealing with sanctuary cities. And that is not what I'm talking about, the concept of a sanctuary city, which allowed those who are immigrants who come here that they're not turned over to ICE. Where the problem lies for me and what I want to continue to have a conversation on are those who commit serious violent acts in our city. I don't believe they should be allowed to remain in our city. You're a repeated offender of violent actions. As it currently stands, the New York City Police Department and the city agencies cannot coordinate with ICE when you're dealing with individuals such as that. Mm. That is the problem area of being a sanctuary city. Sanctuary cities should be those who want to pursue the American dream, not who wants to disrupt it with violence as some have done.
We saw a, an example of that violence in Times Square actually yeah. on New York City police officers, members of the NYPD. But when we talk about violence in the city, and I know there are stats that can show there's an uptick in felony assaults or that's strictly on transit. We know the numbers, but there is still the feeling among New Yorkers and tourists that it's still not safe enough in the city. So what, what can you do? And I know this is not necessarily a migrant issue, no, even no, though that Times Square issue was related to migrants. And, and no, it's not. The overwhelming number of migrants and asylum seekers here are trying to pursue the American dream, which all of our ancestors uh, have attempted to pursue. Uh, we're still the safest big city in America. And we need to be clear on that. But I agree with you 100%. I said this from day one of taking office. Uh, it's not only about statistically how well we're doing, uh, but it's how well fit people are feeling. Uh, we're still having record numbers of tourists, 62 million uh, last year. We're still seeing a uh, crime going down in the city. But my overall desire is to continue to drive down how people are feeling. We must feel safe in our city or we have defeat the, defeated the whole purpose. And the New York City Police Department is doing an amazing job of doing so, and we're going to continue to do that. So right. more officers out there? Or how, how do you make people feel that? Great question. Visibility. We call it omnipresence in policing. Uh, we have really shifted uh, the police presence. We moved our offices in the transit system to 12-hour tours, uh, which allowed them a greater deal of time to be on the trains and uh, to walk the platforms. We have to go back to the days that I remember as a child where you actually saw that beat officer, where they were actually engaging, moving through the system. Nothing brings us more comfort uh, than when you're sitting on that train late at night or even early in the day, and you see that police officer walking through the train, that uniform is the omnipresence that we want to believe, and we think it can turn around the feeling that people are having as we actually drive down crime. I understand. I understand when that officer pokes his head into the mm -hmm. subway car. Yeah, it does. I do like it's that, true. so I get that. <laughs> and on the corner, we understand it as well. And we, we've all been here for a long time mm -hmm. to remember those times. Mary Adams, thank you for coming on to talk about it. These are important conversations that we have out loud with our city folks, just so we can all understand that things have to be adjusted in this town. We have to look at them importantly. So thank you for coming on to do it. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, not quite as cuddly as a panda, but bearing a striking <laughs> resemblance. I this see is, it. Yeah, yeah, I do too. This is one of Japan's newest species, the skeleton panda, because you can see the skeleton too. Right. It's a sea squirt. Right. Sea squirts are filter feeders found in all seas, and they're primarily fixed to a surface, but this specific type that's been making the rounds on social media has never been studied by scientists until now. Do you hear that sound too? Yeah, like, it's kind of it's relaxing, listen, listen, actually. Wait, listen. What is it? Oh, Ooh. it's like a All right. Well, anyway, thing. Japanese researchers <laughs> published a paper earlier this month. Thought it was my stomach for a minute, and then I was like, oh, no, it's these creatures. Anyway, marking its arrival as a new species, right. scientists say the white parts that look like bones are actually the blood vessels that run horizontally through the gills. Yeah. The black parts on the head, the ones that look like the eyes and nose, are just mm -hmm. a pattern, and they're not yet sure if they serve a purpose beyond twinning with the panda bear. But why? I, but, 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 but why twin like a panda bear? I, They're so that is interesting. Yeah. not connected. No, and, but but <laughs> but nature's this amazing, beautiful thing. You know, the water runs through the open part, and they they they're a filter, so they collect water through them, mm -hmm. and then they get the nutrients from it. Yeah. And 
kind yeah. of amazing stuff. It is stuff. fascinating. I can actually, because the mouth is open, I can see, you know, just taking that video and putting like your favorite song with it. And it looks like they're singing. I don't know, maybe. Uh,